Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here with Aaron Keller, and today we are joined by our data guru, really, in this building, aka our business process analysis, but we're not going to call you that, Mitch Gritz. We also have big game biologist Cody McKee here. Welcome, both of you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sounds good, yeah. Of course. And just in time for the big game application period, we just opened it. Um, Mitch developed, finished developing this awesome app to use called Hunt Envy. And about oh, over a year ago at this point, we had you on talking about Fish Envy. Right after that, you got started on a whole nother app, which is Hunt Envy, which people can use as they prepare to apply for big game tags. So Mitch, do you want to tell us what this is and how it all got started? Yeah, so Hunt and V, like Ashley said, is a application that will allow hunters of Nevada to filter many different categories of data to identify what hunts they might want to apply for. Um, so we started building it back in uh, May of this year and kind of released a, a soft launch of it sometime in September, October. And did some revamping after receiving some feedback in um, December and spent the last two months implementing that feedback, adding a bit more data and releasing it um, yesterday on Monday. Very cool. And Cody, you had some input on that. You gave some feedback. What do you think of this app? Well, I think, you know, we talked a little bit before we we jumped on, you know, when, when Fish Envy was released, it really was kind of the next step was to come up with a hunter's tool to kind of coalesce all the information that we provide and give them an opportunity to do more of one-stop shopping when it comes to planning for their hunts. And uh, I've, I've helped Mitch a little bit along the way, but a lot of this is, is, is his idea, um, his vision. And gosh, I, I don't see what our hunters would need besides hunt envy to plan their hunts now um you know historically we've been providing a lot of different information on the website various pdfs of data tables and bonus point tables and uh different hyperlinks you've got to go and, and sometimes it, it can be tough to track it down i mean we we all recognize that but we've all just taken that and stuck it into hunt envy and and uh letting everybody give it a go and now you have this interactive tool. We actually have it up in here with the map, and it's super easy to use. You click around the state. You could filter by, I don't know, Mitch, do you want to explain it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can filter by you know several uh, categories of data. So first off, you could filter by species you're interested in hunting. Um, from there, you have um, your residency, resident, non-resident, and then you also have um, some... Uh, weapon class so between rifle any legal weapon archery muzzleloader and um then you can filter by public land percentage for each hunt area um then you have some harvest data you can filter by so the harvest success rate you can filter between zero and 100 percent if you're interested in selecting a hunt 
has higher harvest success, you can do that. And then for the male hunts, so your buck hunts or your uh, bull hunts, you can filter by reported maturity rate of the animals that were harvested. Um, and then you can filter by um, draw, by some draw data. So in there, it's a little, it might be a little more difficult to decipher, but we have a statistic we're calling median bonus points, and that's the median number of bonus points of the successful applicants. Um, the draw difficulty, which is a um, one through five category categorization or five category categorization of um, draw difficulty, um, and they're kind of labeled uh, with VH very hard, H hard. Um, so on and so forth, and then you get to easy and very easy or easier, and then there's a raw draw ranking you can rank by or filter by, and that's the um, between all the hunts of a certain weapon species and residency class, the one through however many hunts there are ranking. So, for instance, um, for the resident archery antelope horns longer than ears, there's 32 hunts. And area 041042, the resident archery is ranked 10 out of 32. So it's a pretty difficult, or we have it ranked as a hard hunt to draw, as an example. And for people who are listening, could you tell them where to go so they could view this as we talk through it? Oh, the uh, the website is going to be hunt.wildlifenv.com. And we advise people to bring it up right now and take a look at it. Um, before we ask more on everything here, I just want to ask, how does it feel? Like Cody said, we've had all these PDFs we've been posting to the website for years, but now you've created this tool people could use, this one-stop shop. How does that feel to have completed it? I'm glad to have it out there in the world. Um, get some, Hopefully get some feedback from you know people here at the office, but also everybody who uses it um, and be able to make improvements to it as we go. Um, I, I, like Cody said, I've kind of, you know, built this app and as a hunter, I kind of built it with the, with the things that I would want in there as I'm thinking about applying for hunts. So it's, it's kind of cool in that regard too, is that I'll actually use it as I'm planning out my hunt season this year. Cody. Oh, but Hey, Hey Mitch, can you tell us how much does this cost? What's the <laughs> annual subscription? <laughs> yes, yeah. So that's it's a, good uh, one. it is free. Uh, what? <laughs> All Best the data, all. yeah. It's all data that we have, essentially, as Cody mentioned, publicly available in the past. We've just aggregated all into this tool, Hunt and V. Um, so yeah, it's it's all there, available free for free. And it's it's important to remember too that this information that we're publishing, other vendors are taking it and publishing it to their website. So you do have to go visit those places if you want. But now. That's no longer necessary. You can get what you're looking for in a more easily digestible format. And the information comes straight from you, yeah. Cody, <laughs> you and the other biologists. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of data that goes into it. Um, like I said, we have draw data in here from the previous uh, three draw application or draw cycles. Um, then we have harvest data harvest return card data from the last four years and um, bonus point information from the last three years as well. So distributions of bonus points and um, for each hunt. I think it's um, just me clicking around and looking at it at the, at the throughout the process is 
there's a lot of thought that's gone into every piece of data that's shown and how it's kind of um, put out to the public. Is it? Is there any like takeaways from that, or like how? How has that process gone? Do you think? Yeah. So, like, I mean, for the most part, these are this data exists in some of the spreadsheets that have been published in the past, and I tried to kind of stay true to the, how those were published previously so that people who looked at those spreadsheets would recognize the data that's available here. Um, but the nice thing is with this at least is that because everything is tied, we can tie things to individual hunts. And so it's very easy to at the same time publish the data for the previous years all right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And because it is a more pared down view than the spreadsheets that were published in the past, you can more easily add the harvest data and see it kind of in line with the bonus point data and the draw data. Um, so you, you get those bits of information too. There's some other data down at the bottom of some of these pages where it's letting you know similar hunts or related hunts. So you kind of also get an idea of when you're out in the field or hunting, you can potentially, or thinking of where you want to apply, you can look at those tables to kind of understand what other opportunities might be out there if one hunt looks harder than another or try to sum together and figure out how many other hunters you might be out in the field with across seasons or within a season. Hmm. Yeah. And, and like it's spatial too. So, right. So you got, you have your maps and all that. So you can actually see on the ground, the outline of the geometry or the area you're actually going to be hunting. Then, um, like I said too, it, I just kind of put it together how, for this first round like what i would like to see as a tool that i would use to uh as as a factor into how i'm applying for hunts yeah i thought that it was interesting sitting in on those meetings and just hearing how there's two kind of different hunters or applicants right some that are really, like really into the data and then how we've tried to kind of move those people that are maybe not as data driven but kind of like show them like, hey, if you want a little bit better application success, like there's a couple other things you could be looking at to maybe up your chances of getting tags. Yeah, and this this app really builds those kind of things into it. I mean, we we've we talk talked a little bit about the draw difficulty and those rankings that Mitch has assigned, which is all based on draw rate, which we've calculated in the past, and and we've calculated it this year. If you if you really want to dive into spreadsheets, we do have those posted on the website and you can find the traditional draw rate. But when you look at um, draw difficulty and then the draw ranking, we use those draw rates to calculate those values. And so if you're in, if you're interested in just going out and hunting, maybe you can use the filters on Hunt NV, identify all the easy hunts to draw and put those on your application. Alternatively, if you just want to hunt the, the highest quality areas in the state with high maturity values you can put very hard with a high maturity and that's going to identify those those areas as well so just from a planning standpoint and trying to fit in with what people like to do on their applications and the experience they're looking for Mitch's thought of all of that and it, and it really comes down to his background as a hunter and experience diving into data on other platforms yeah and I think um one thing that is nice too is it because it is so spatial and visual and there is a bit of discoverability built in there you might be able to find a hunt you didn't know existed before 
um, or some of our new hunts. We do have several new hunts this year that will be might be highlighted as you're looking for a certain hunt that's like, oh, cool, there's this new hunt I didn't even know about and apply for that one or choose, you know, investigate it further. And do you think um, as people look through this data, they'll be able to get a better understanding of like ordering your choices and like how all that like nuance of applications and things like that kind of work? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we have this conversation every year and I, I think that understanding is slowly building yeah. across hunters, but there's, there's still room to be made there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if people want to explore hunt envy and maybe see some of these categorical values we've assigned to hunts, whether they're easy, very easy, moderate, yeah. hard, maybe that kind of puts a better, a better picture in their mind about what that truly means for their chances to draw. You know, when we did, when we assigned the five categories to the draw difficulty, in my mind, um, if you wanted to kind of follow true application theory, you would order it one through five based on those values. So right. your first choice would be a hard choice. Your second choice would be very hard. Third would be moderate. Yeah. Second, first, first would be very hard. First would be very hard. Second, second choice would be hard. So, you know, yeah. you can order your application based on those to kind of hedge your bets, give your chance to draw a really good hunt. Or if you want to put a very easy hunt as your fifth choice, now you have the ability to look up within Hunt and V. What are all those easy choice? What are what are all those easy choices, and, and where might they be? And is it an area that I want to want to go? Yeah, I want to get into more of this after the break, but we do have to take a quick break. But we will be right back. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we're talking to Mitch Gritz, our data guru. And we also have big game biologist Cody McKee, and we're talking about our brand new app. It's a great tool for hunters to use as they prepare to apply for big game tags, Hunt NV. And right before the break, we were getting into how people should be using it and can be using it. Uh, Mitch, do you want to get into areas that you want to highlight? Yeah, just a couple potentially like hidden features that aren't super obvious initially is the... Um, the maps on this thing have a layer switcher and uh, you can open it up. It's a little down at the bottom right of the, of both of the maps on the main page and every hunt page is a little orange circle with three dots. And I kind of internally call that the map options button. But if you click that, there's a couple buttons and you can click to see some information, but one of them is a, a layer picker. And so we have a couple different layers that you can turn on and off on the map. And probably the one that's of most of interest to anybody who would be interested in hunting is going to be a public land. So we have gone and pulled all the public land data from the USGS and pu published it and show it on this map. So you got it highlighted by, you know, Forest Service, BLM, things like that. And then there's also a couple different base map styles you can choose. So the default one is a pretty simple road map almost, but we also have a topo map and a satellite map that you can choose as um, 
space maps. Okay. And a big tip for everyone listening is to just get on there. You guys were saying it. The best thing you could do is get on there, start exploring. Yeah. And, it, you know, as Mitch mentioned that, it, it dawned on me, too, that once we get through the application period and you find out where you're successful, you can also use this to, to plan your hunt on the ground. So it's not only an application planner, but it be also can, can be used as a hunt planner as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a good point, too, because there's kind of a cycle to how the data gets loaded into this application. But, you know, the quotas don't come out until the very last minute and then the draw happens. But between that and when the hunts actually start, some data will be loaded into this so that you kind of have an awareness of how many people will be in the field with you at a time. So you'll know the quotas, you'll know the draw rates and things like that between between when the draw happens and the opening of, well, August 1st, I guess, when the first season's open. Mm-hmm. Data like that will get loaded into here. That is a good point. We've been presenting it as a tool to use while applying for tags, mm-hmm. but you could just, in general, you want to be researching and using this tool. How powerful is this tool for like managing some of this data that goes out to the public from from now on? Is it? I mean, this is our this is the platform now where people should be going for everything. Yeah, I, I'm sure there'll still be people who want to create their own spreadsheets and things like that. There are some features that are missing from in this version of it that we kind of have a internal roadmap of what's going to be added in the future. Um, so. Right now, I think it's very useful, and I only hope for it to become even more useful as those features get added. Yeah, it just seems like spreadsheets are kind of like old school thinking, and this is like, so as we've been talking, you've been clicking around, and it's very easy to use. It's very easy to see and read, and so. Yeah, that was the the plan going in. Hopefully, <laughs> I executed. Yeah, I'm not just <laughs> pumping you up, too. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. So. Yeah, and you... Uh, just the the hunt and bee itself and you think about what we've done with spreadsheets and and typically you get a year in time to inform your decisions unless you really wanted to dig into various pdfs and excel sheets to look at um what harvest trajectories and or harvest trends and draw trends might have been in the past now you can go back the last three years and understand what success looked like what that maturity metric looked like and, and, and kind of project what your hunt experience might look like this upcoming year. Um, and to me, that's, that's super powerful because now you've taken a point in time and now, you, now you're able to look at, at historical trends. Yeah, and I keep forgetting some of the things that are in here, but there's even like we've, we've put some of these things into graphs that kind of make it really clear what's happening over time. Granted, for most of it, it's only three or four years. Um, but that's just going to continue building as we go. Um, every year, new data is going to be added, and those timelines are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, have a better idea of what what might be happening on out during your seasons and in time. Yeah, maybe talk a little bit more about the graphs. Like, what all are are in the graph? Yeah, so the graphs are. Um, so the first, they're they're kind of going. Uh, there's four of them. So they will go top right to bottom or top left to bottom right. Okay. So the first one is um, for quotas and applications over time, and it's showing you how many people applied and what the quota was for each year in time. The second one we call draw details, and that's um, that's going to have your median bonus points of successful applicants, and then the, um, the draw rank, the raw draw ranking. 
So just giving you an idea of is this hunt getting easier or harder to draw over time? Um, and both of those metrics will help help you answer that question, um, right? So the the higher the median bonus point of successful applicants, generally you're going to need more points in order to draw that hunt. Just like the lower that the rank number is, the more difficult that hunt is going to be draw is going to be to draw. Um, then the third chart is a harvest and maturity metrics over time. So you're going to have your harvest rate over time. So the number of people who reported having successfully harvested and then the maturity rate. And again, the maturity rates just for the male hunts um, or the antlered hunts or horned hunts mm -hmm. um, is going to be the percentage of people that reported meeting the maturity requirements for the species. So just a quick refresher and all these graphs have um, little info buttons you can click to figure out more information you don't have to remember it all so the um for an antelope a maturity is 15 inches or greater uh bighorn sheep is seven years or older elk is 50 inches or greater main beam length and for deer it's four points or greater so the the that's what the chart for maturity is reflecting is the percentage of hunters who reported harvesting an animal that meet that metric or greater and then the fourth one is probably one of the more difficult ones to interpret um but it's going to be your bonus point distribution. Um, so the x-axis is going to be the number of bonus points an applicant has, or that the total bonus points over the time of, or for the application, zero through whatever. So in the example we're using right now is an antelope, any legal weapon resident hunt. There's the max number of bonus points was 14. And then the y-axis is going to be a percentage. And then there's two lines. One of the lines is going to be the percentage of applicants at that bonus point level. And that generally trends downwards. So we're generally seeing in our hunts more applicants with 0, 1, 2, and 3 bonus points than we are seeing at like 13, 14, 15. Right. And then the other line is going to be the percentage of applicants that were successful at that bonus point level. So that's kind of showing that bonus points are working as they're intended to show so that the more bonus points you have in general the number the percentage of people successful will be higher as the bonus points increase that's actually a really good concept to to convey because you know what we hear every year is we have people with a lot of bonus points that put in for tough to draw hunts mm -hmm. and they don't get drawn um but because of the law of large numbers, the fact that you have a tremendous number of people putting in with just a few bonus points, just by chance, a few of those applicants are probably going to get a low enough number to draw a tag. But when you look at these trends, these crossing bars, where you see application totals decreasing over bonus point levels, but as you get higher bonus point levels, you have an increased chance of drawing, that really explains to you the hunt planner how those bonus points can improve your chances to draw um, so you know rather than looking at it from a, a, ind a, a individual standpoint of oh my friend had zero points drew this great bull elk tag let's look at, at at the applicants as a whole and how those trends carried out through that hunt yeah there's a lot of math that could go into it um, for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> it's mind-boggling 
But I like that you put it all here in these charts. I feel like it makes it a lot easier to yeah. understand. Yeah, that I I remember in our first meeting when I um we were talking about what charts to actually show and I had gone through and created some preliminary ones and threw them up and some of the reactions to the this one that's on the bottom right it was kind of like, "Oh, that might be a little complicated." I was like, "What are you talking about, man? This is exactly what I want to know." Yeah. Going into a hunt is like what this distribution looks like. See, and once again, that's why it's so cool that it's coming from you, someone who actually wants this tool to use. Um, yeah. Like you said, you put you put everything you wanted to know. In per, this yeah, pretty much. I guess I built it for me. Hopefully, people <laughs> find it useful. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask Cody. So, so now we're in we're in March. Um, I know we only have a little bit of time left in the podcast, but as a staff biologist, like how that we just finished up the the harvest questionnaire. I mean, the season just closed. Like, how long does it take to get that stuff, and how valuable is it to get into a system like this? Well, one is you're just kind of highlighting the, like, just the, the crazy nature that we experience in game division and con ed, uh, DATS, the various divisions that are that are supporting big game hunting here. We end one hunting season at the end of January, and we start the next one immediately afterwards. Um, you know, over the years I've been tasked with summarizing a lot of this harvest data and, and getting it to, to Ashley and Con Ed to, to post and get out to our hunters. The reporting deadline for most hunts ends on January 31st, and we start getting requests for harvest data a few weeks afterwards. Um, and as Mitch pointed out, I can't remember if it was in the podcast or when we were just chatting, Hunt and V requires, what, 20 million rows of data? Yeah. And as you can imagine, year over year, we're probably talking about what, maybe three, four million new rows that we have to add. That's a tremendous amount of information, not to mention the harvest returns that we're getting from hunters. That requires, um, you know, a lot of vetting on our end to make sure that that responses are valid, um, that people are putting in the correct unit of harvest that's valid for their tag, do the horn length measurements, uh, are, were they reported correctly? Um, so it can take anywhere from three to four weeks to six weeks. I mean, this year we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a delay. Um, that was in part us preparing to get ready to launch Hunt and V and making sure that the new data set mm -hmm. coalesced well with what we had historically published. So it's, it's a quick turnaround. Um, and not just that, but, but we're also preparing, um, our population models, uh, we're getting ready to derive our quotas for next hunting season and take those to the commission. So as Mitch, as Mitch also pointed out, we have quotas don't get approved until early May, so we can't put quotas for 2022 in hunt NB until mm -hmm. those are ready to go. But this this four or five month period from the from the ending of the reporting period to when we run the draw is very much a whirlwind for almost everybody at Indow. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of data that's coming in and we really do rely on both this information, our information collected from aerial surveys, collar and monitoring efforts, all of these big data sets that we're collecting are all funneled and streamed into the, into the quota decision process. So is it safe to say that the majority of the information hunters will be looking for to apply will be found in Hunt NV first or the endow.org website? But 
in one of those two places. So as people call and want to hit us up on Facebook and things like that, like check these two places first because as soon as we have it, yeah, it's going it to get posted. Hunt, Hunt yeah. and Bee is going to be the, the one-stop shop going forward right. um, yep. for bonus points, harvest metrics, quotas, um, you name it. If it's going to inform your hunt, that's going to be the place to go. Yeah, that's really what we set out to do when we built this was just build the one-stop shop for you know people hunting in Nevada. And like Exciting. you said, Mitch, there's more to come with it. Yeah, <laughs> yep, there'll be more. So one more time, um, could you give the web address? We also have it on endow.org. Yeah, so the web address is hunt.wildlifenv.com. Yes, so everyone head there right now, check it out, then get on to endowlicensing.com and start applying for tags. Um, thank you guys for being here. That was an easy one. I mean, we could keep talking. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> yeah, us. Thanks of for course. having us. And Who would have thought data could be so exciting? I know. <laughs> I Even I'm into it. <laughs> so, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.